First place in the AFC East is on the line. Revenge would be so sweet. We're back from the bye week, and so are the Jets as they head to Foxborough for a rematch with the rival Patriots who beat them at MetLife just a few weeks ago. Can Gang Green take down the Pats for the first time in seven years and take over first place in the division? We preview the game and make our predictions. We also hear from you, Jets fans, as we open up our mailbox and answer your voicemails. It's Patriots week for the six and three Jets. So take flight and join us for a brand new episode of Gangs All Here from the New York Post. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Gangs All Here, our New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. We are back from the bye week and so are the Jets. It's Patriots week. Jake Brown here alongside my co-host, Jets beat writer for the Post, Brian Costello. No guests today, but for the first time this season, we will hear from you as we play your voicemail. We'll answer your voicemails later on in the show. Cosm dealing with the common cold, or as the doctor said, rhinovirus. Um, so, I'm, so I'm basically deaf in my right ear. So if you pick the Patriots, I didn't hear you, and it means you picked the Jets. We'll get to our predictions later. And cause what feels like the biggest Jets game since the time they played the Patriots in 2015, which coincidentally is the last time they beat the Patriots. Would you agree that this game has that kind of importance in terms of the timeline? I don't think there's been a Wait, bigger are you game. saying bigger, the biggest, biggest Patriots game? The biggest Jets game since. Well, no, they played game. the Bills. They played the Bills a week later, Jake, with the playoffs on the line. Well, you know what? Okay. Biggest Patriots <laughs> game. You know what I mean? <laughs> The biggest yeah. game of importance <laughs> since that season and those two games. Uh, yeah, yeah. Since 2015, I, I, I give you that because they've been, you know, they've been there. There's a there was a season 2017, Jake. I want to say where they were pseudo in it, like in November. Remember, they were like five and five. They beat the Chiefs with Josh McCown, and then he broke his hand. He broke his hand in Denver, and it was all over. But yeah, the first place on the line hasn't happened in a, a long, long time. Yeah, I, I would go from 2015. This is the biggest game since then. It's a 13-game losing streak. They haven't won since that overtime thriller. I think it was 26-20, December 27th, 2015. So right after you return your Christmas presents, the Jets beat the Patriots, and they never did it again until we'll save our predictions for a little bit, potentially on Sunday. Man, first place on the line. Got to thank Josh Allen's terrible kneel down attempt from the one yard line. And one of the craziest, I mean, cause did you get a chance to watch? I know it was your bye week. I don't know. Maybe you were watching other football, but what a freaking wild finish that was. Yeah. I saw the very, very end Jake. I, I, after that happened, I saw the bills drive to tie it in the overtime. That was all I really got to see. 
I was watching seventh grade football. That's what I thought. Uh, yes, for for a chunk of the day, and then I was serving as a catcher for my daughter in her pitching clinic, Jake. So oh, yes, but wow. I did get to see that. I got to see the very end and uh, caught up, obviously, with the highlights and everything. And yeah, that the quarterback sneak fumble thing was one of the wildest things ever. Right? I, I, I like that's up there with Joe Pasarchik. That was crazy. We have our own Patrick Mazika on, on the Gangs All Here podcast here and Brian Costello. I like that. My, my back and my hamstrings are killing me. That, that, I mean, it, was only, it wasn't that long. It wasn't a bye week for your body. You were doing more physical labor than you normally do on Sundays in the press box. But yeah, this is uh, this is big. And thanks you know, to the Vikings and Kirk Cousins for that win because the Jets have set themselves up for first place. They lead the tiebreaker over the Bills. They lead the tiebreaker over the Dolphins, they don't lead the tiebreaker over the Patriots. Another reason why this game is so important to at least even up the head-to-head uh, rankings. What's the next tiebreaker? Is it is it divisional standings? Right? It goes yes, yeah. And so, but they, they, right now, Jay, like the first place thing, I get it. Like obviously, <laughs> Jets fans should be thrilled. But these teams have so many games against each other in the next month that it's really it, it, this is you're you're right. It's about tiebreakers right now because. The Jets play all three, right? The I think I, I did this the other day. I think the Dolphins play all three, and I think the Bills and Patriots have yet to play, so they have to play each other twice, and then they play the other two. So they have four division games left. So there's a lot of football to be played in the AFC East to decide this thing. But you're you're right, Jake. It's it's really now tiebreakers. Getting the split with the Patriots would be huge in that regard. Yeah, and just beating the Patriots for the psyche of the franchise would be huge because it just hasn't happened in so long. And, uh, you know, they'll be scoreboard watching a little bit because the Bills have two to three feet of snow coming into Buffalo on Sunday. I'm curious just to see what they're going to do with that game. Are they going to move it up? Do they move it back? Do they play in two feet of snow? Like- but the Bills play on Thanksgiving, Jake, right? So I don't think they can move that game till like Monday. Like, I, I don't think they can, I don't know how that would work. And the issue is the snow, I think starts Thursday or Friday, so they can't move it up a day or two. Yeah. Yeah. So they, uh, unless they, unless they make a decision, like in the next 24 hours to move the game, remember the Jets bills game that was played in Detroit, Jake, they just moved. Remember Buffalo had a storm and you may remember the bills who hadn't what been able to practice all 2014. The Bills didn't practice all week and they destroyed the Jets in Detroit. So they could do that. They could move it to a, if there's a city that doesn't have a game this week, they could move it possibly. But I think they'd have to pull the trigger on that in the next 48 hours or so. If not, that becomes the snowball and, you know, which favors the Browns in that one with their running game. Uh, So we'll see what plays out there. The Dolphins have a bye this week. To a tongue of Iola. I mean, he's seven and oh, I believe, as a quarterback this year. Just incredible what the Dolphins are doing. There's a chance that all four of these teams make the playoffs. That is still on the table. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen just because I like I said, I think the they're gonna heads. They had, yeah. yeah, they're gonna beat each other up. And there's some tough games on the schedules for everybody left. I did the schedules the other day. And like if you look at the Patriots, what they've got coming up. Jake, if you call their schedule up, they have I think it's three games in 12 days. They get the Jets, then they play the Vikings on Thanksgiving, and then they play the Bills the next Thursday. This this three game stretch for the Patriots is basically their season. Like if they if they somehow lose those three, it's oh they're done. If they lose two or three, they're probably done. Yeah, I was looking up today the schedule for all the divisional teams, and it's Vikings, Bills. Then the Cardinals, who are in a cakewalk, their only cakewalk game is the Raiders and then Bengals, Dolphins, Bills. So the Patriots' schedule is very difficult. 
Yeah, Patriots was the toughest out of the four. I did it the other day. I did the percentages. Patriots was the toughest. The Jets was the second. And I think the Bills and Dolphins were both at 500. The Patriots have the fourth toughest schedule in the NFL. Jets have 10th, Dolphins have 15th, and the Bills have the 18th uh, toughest schedule remaining. So the Bills have the Browns, Lions, Pats, Jets, Dolphins, Bears, Bengals, Pats. And then the Dolphins have Texans, Niners, Chargers, Bills, Packers, Pats, Jets. So a lot of tough team, tough opponents for those teams. Long yeah, way to go. Well, it's it's we're schedule watching for the first time. And you know, I was on Tankathon for other reasons. I was looking at strength of schedule for opponents, which is rare. I didn't even look at the Jets. I'm looking at strength of schedule. But remember, the Jets don't have a cakewalk either. They got the Vikings coming up. They close out with the Seahawks and Dolphins on the road. You know, the Bears won't be a cakewalk because Justin Fields is playing out of his mind despite their three and seven record on Darrell Revis Day next Sunday. So a lot of tough games coming up. But the Jets, let's look at the injury report here, Kaz, going into this one. Uh, take us through this. George Fant was eligible to come off IR. He's still not practicing. Max Mitchell, they've opened up his practice window, but I don't know if they'll rush him back. Take us through the offensive line injury report right now. Yeah, I think – I don't know if Mitchell will be back yet, Jake. I think he probably needs to practice a little bit. This is the first time I've seen him out there. I don't know if he was during the bye week, if he was on the field at all. So I think it would take a little while. They wouldn't rush him back. Nate Herbig didn't practice Wednesday. He had a shin injury. That's something to watch. I – you know, Salah said he's not that concerned about it, but they're – they're getting thin, Jake, on the, on the O-line. I mean, they're getting down now at every position, basically, except center. They're getting deep. Like, the, if, if Herbig was out, you know, they, they have to go down the bench to guard. They had Laurent Duvernay-Tardif in. I was going to say, they might need a doctor to save them. Well, they might have one, right? You are, I'm not sure if he's fully a doctor yet. We were debating that today. I'm not sure. But he's, yeah, he was, I saw him there today. He was, he was doing a workout. He was in the locker room when we were in the locker room. I, you know, it certainly looked like they were going to sign him to the practice squad. We're recording this Jake Wednesday night. They haven't announced anything yet. They could do that tomorrow. I would think they'd sign him to the practice squad. He knows the system. He was here last year. The question with him is what's he been doing for the last 10 months, right? Is he in shape? He's saving lives and now he's going to save the Jets. <laughs> but the, the beauty of the system now is he can go on the practice squad. You should not be able to put veterans on the practice squad. And they can find out what kind of shape he's in and get him in better shape and get him in backup. But, you know, I think I think you'll see big Cedric over there at right tackle still this week. And then Mitchell work, 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 work his way back. Yeah. Big Cedric has Ogbuhi has done a nice job. And yeah, I'm not trying that one. Yeah. It seems like Mitchell may be another week away and he's no savior either. I mean, there's a rookie. I mean, he's not supposed to do much either. And then offensively as well, Corey Davis, I thought he was a lock to be back this week. Didn't practice Wednesday. Do you think he plays on Sunday? No. Here's the thing, Jake, when you're around, like I am around the team, you look for signs that guys are coming back and like one sign that a guy's getting close is when you see him. So you see him in the locker room. You may, maybe you see him out in the field, like running on a far field with trainers. You just see him. I have not seen Corey Davis since Denver. Like he is not around. So that tells me he is probably not playing this week. It's weird though, Jake, because he was cleared to come back in that Denver game and didn't. And now it's like he's missed three. He's going to miss three games. Next week would be four, which would be they should have put him on IR if he's going to miss four games. So it's very weird. I don't know what's going on there. I actually want to ask Sala about that on a Friday uh, to see if we can get some answers on that. 
I mean, I'm getting day to day for the life of me. I mean, I'm I'm week to week as well here with this with the common cold. But Corey Davis feels like been out for a month, but they keep saying he's day to day. So <laughs> I wish they would just tell me the damn truth to tell the truth with uh, Robert Sala. And then Sheldon Rankins, they chose not to put him on IR. What is his status? Do we is he going to be back next week? He's what's, out what's now. It? Yeah, he, now he's a guy. He was in the locker room, so I, he is around. Like I see him around. Uh, I'm not sure it'll be next week or the week after the bye week. I think played into the IR decision. If he misses this week and next week, you know he only misses two games and then he could come back. Um, I think it's you know it's probably going to be a few weeks, but clearly not. They don't. They're not thinking it's going to be a four game injury, which would be a five week injury with uh, the bye week thrown in there. So I think you'll see him back in a few weeks. All right. Well, we'll see how they will try and stop the run without Sheldon. Rankins and then offensively as well. Some news that I actually love that they're trying and that's Elijah Moore moving to the slot cause. I think this is a perfect place for him with the amount they have him move and left and right and shifting. I mean, he's probably out of gas by the time they, they say hike that if he's playing in the slot, I feel like it's a lot less of him running around like a maniac. And with the way Garrett Wilson is playing on the outside with the way, you know, Denzel Mims has, you know, shown that he's made a presence on the outside. I feel like it's a no brainer to give it a whirl with Elijah Moore in the slot and see what he could do. And they basically did Jake against Buffalo. He played in the slot, right? You know, no targets though, still, but that was the first time I I wrote a story today about it. And he, I looked at the numbers. That was the first time in his career. He's played more slot than outside. And when he was at Ole Miss, his last year at Ole Miss, he played slot 77% of the time. So it never really made sense to me why they kicked him out. Now, his rookie year, they had Jamison Crowder, who was a good slot receiver. So it made a little bit of sense there. And I think this year they wanted to try Garrett Wilson. But Garrett Wilson is thriving on the outside now. He's played better out there. So I think it's a good good thing. And I talked to more about it today at his locker, and he's excited. Guy just wants to contribute. He wants to have a role. And so he's excited about you know possibly doing this. Yeah, and good for him because – Listen, if he can at least get a few targets, and I'm not even going to say the word screen and end arounds, but give him the ball, get it in his but hands. But they don't, no they don't seem to want to, Jake, right? Because, like, that's not hard. Like, if you wanted to get him the ball, like you just said, bubble screen, boom, he's got the ball. The little push pass where the guy comes in motion and Zach hits him. In fact, that counts as a pass when, when the guy's in front of you. Do that. Like, it's... It's not hard to get him the ball. It's very weird. He played 27 snaps against the Bills with zero targets. Like That's hard to do. The week before, he barely played against the Patriots, so he kind of understood it. I just don't know what the disconnect there is, either with LaFleur or with Zach Wilson and between more, but something weird there. Like It just seems like they didn't they have a target at all. Yeah, maybe it means more outside chances for Denzel Mims down the field. We know Zach tried it early against Buffalo, nearly completed it, made a pretty good throw just out of his hands. And, you know, what a turn of events. I mean, we're talking about Denzel Mims every week last year about why isn't he playing? And now we're talking about why is Elijah Moore not getting any targets? It's Jets and the Patriots. A couple other notes that uh, were interesting that from the week and, you know, the bye week, Sauce Gardner is very much the favorite for rookie of the year. Interesting stat and man coverage cause he's allowed seven yards. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about this, Jake. I saw that tweet today. I watched the game against the Buffalo bills. As I know you did. Do you remember the first play from scrimmage for the Buffalo bills? Stefan Diggs went like this, doop, doop, whoop, 42 yards down the field. Remember that play? Sauce Gardner was covering him. 
Might have been like, zone coverage. I don't know. That was not zone coverage. He was on. <laughs> he might have been a cover one behind him or something. But like how like how these websites define man coverage versus zone. Like if it was zone coverage, Sauce would have been pushing him off to somebody else behind him. He covered him all the way down the field. So to me, that was man coverage. Like I just don't buy. Like Sauce is playing great. He's playing great. I can see that with my eyes. I don't need these stats that people come up with because I don't buy all these stats. Like it's. But it's such a cool stat. Can you let it's us so have it? It's so subjective, guys? though. It's so subjective, Jake. It's crazy. It's so fun. It's fun. Don't kill the fun, cause it's a seven yard. It's a great looking stat, and we're gonna keep it that it's way. Not you want to attack on? You want to attack on your forty two? Fine. <laughs> forty nine on the season. It's still incredible. We'll say he is forty nine. We'll we'll make it like the cause stat. ESPN stats and info. C O Z. I think it was forty two, right? Was it that that, that like first that. play? Yeah. So all right, yeah. 49 then. All right. He's played uh, great. He's played great. He should be the defensive rookie of the year. But yeah, I just that I saw that today actually and it drove me crazy. And we'll it's gonna be interesting to see who he covers this year because Jacoby Myers has been by far the Pats best receiver and he's more of a slot guy. Do we see sauce go in the slot or maybe like they, they haven't moved him around a ton this year? They kind of left him alone other than Mark Andrews in week one where he was moving. I I, I think I've noticed they sort of when they get in the red zone, they they kind of move him around a little bit where they put him on somebody. But for the most part, he stays on the side because DJ Reed has played a great too. So they haven't moved him. And and honestly, Jake, the guy we haven't talked about, Michael Carter, the cornerback, has played really really well as well too. And like he gets overshadowed by Reed Sauce, but he's done a great job this year. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how they play that. And also, you know, the Patriots have a couple of good tight ends and Smith and Henry. So. That's going to be something to watch as well. Devontae Parker, maybe we see uh, if he does play. I know he's a little banged up. Uh, We'll see sauce on him, but those matchups will be interesting to watch. But two teams that very much rely on the run and are going to run it down each other's throats, and we'll see who gets the better end of it. Before we preview the game, another curious thing I just wanted to throw at you, which I know kind of made me a little sad and and good for NYCFC getting their own stadium next to City Field beginning – in 2027, but it makes you what? dream of, of the what? thought. What? Well, what was well, that? NYCFC, you, you know, they have a new new stadium. I didn't know City that. Field. Next to oh, City yeah. Field, where? Where the where the, uh, the hubcaps were, where all the the, the chop shops all were. Those? Yeah, they're all going. 2027, new 850 million dollar stadium. What if I need a windshield when I go to a Mets game? <laughs> then you got to get them from somewhere uh, more legal and less black cats. Because I got a tire out there once, and I got attacked by like four black cats. It'll be a 25,000 seat stadium. But it makes me think about what happened with the Jets moving to New York. It is a joke that the Jets and Giants play a MetLife stadium together. They should each have their own stadium. One of them should be in New York. I know the West side highway plan never worked out, but I'm sorry. The Jets belong in Queens, maybe Long Island, but preferably Queens. And I thought that would have been the perfect spot. You have the Mets and Jets right next to each other. Cause would that have been kind of fun? That's fun for you traveling, but yeah, not fun, fun for, me. for me personally, but yeah, I, I get it. You know, obviously the roots of the team are on Long Island. I think I refer, just referred to them as the Shea stadium cousins the other day. You know, that's what they are. It's interesting. The stadium now is what? 13 years old, right? Open 2010. Yeah. 13 seasons, I guess, 12 years. Uh, you wonder how long it'll go before there are rumblings of a new, new stadium or desire. I mean, and look, 
Woody Johnson tried with the West Side Stadium, but just he couldn't couldn't get it through. I, I get the Jets' desire, Jets fans' desire to have their own stadium, and maybe someday it'll happen. When do you say he tried? What do you mean? Like, did did he, he try? Was oh, it a, oh, yeah, a financial yeah. thing? No, 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 no. It was a major, major campaign. I was not covering the team at that time, but I was around. And I just, I the way I remember it, the, the Garden did not want that stadium to be built, right? Because think about it if you're the Garden. Bruce Springsteen comes to town. He can either play the 20,000 seat Garden or he can play the 70,000 seat stadium that's about like a half a mile away. They were going to lose a lot of entertainment to that stadium. So Dolan fought it. Uh, there was a, a politician at the time who fought it very hard. So they, they, he, they tried. I mean, that was a massive campaign by Woody at that time. Uh, well, uh, maybe there'll be a nice concert at this NYCFC stadium, but there won't be football. Unfortunately, maybe there'll be a preseason game. They'll bring over. I'm just stunned. They're getting rid of the, all the chop shops. And I'm stuff. shocked you didn't hear about this. You must've been knee deep in jets coverage or, or your daughter today? football game. Today, Happened yesterday. Last night. Yesterday night, on yeah. Tuesday, yeah, not big locked, news. Not locked in on the soccer world, Jake. I, well, it was. It was. They big, told me there's news. some there's some tournament starting soon, right? Uh, some cup of the world, yeah, something like that is happening at some point. Well, there's a cup of the world happening at Gillette Stadium on Sunday, and let's preview it. The six and three Jets. That's right, a better record than the Patriots. Five and four Pats. One p.m. CBS. Kevin Harlan, one of my favorites, and Trent Green of the call. The Patriots, once again, Jets getting disrespected, are three-point favorites, which basically means they're calling it even because the home team gets three points. The over-under is a low one. They're expecting a defensive battle, 38 and a half points. The Jets fresh on their minds just a few weeks ago, October 30th at MetLife Stadium. The Patriots beat the Jets 22-17. I did a live podcast after. I was mad at Zach Wilson. I don't care that he threw for 355. He threw for three picks. He was seeing his own ghost. He was making decisions he should have never made, and that has to change. The Patriots, they're coming off a bye week as well. Prior to that, they sent Frank Reich packing, beating the Colts 26-3 before the 1-0 Jeff Saturday took over the following game. Jets, Pats, big game. Cause break it down, make your pick. And if you pick the Patriots, I blame my clogged ear. I didn't hear it. I need to see Zach Wilson do it against Bill Belichick, Jake, to believe it. I have watched, you know, all these young quarterbacks lately against Bill Belichick lose like Zach and Sam Darnold couldn't beat him. I mean, Zach has thrown seven interceptions in two of the games. The other game he got hurt against the Patriots. He's played terrible against the Patriots. They just seem to have his number. They've had the Jets number. They will continue to have the Jets number. On clog your ear, Jake. I hear this one loud and clear. Pats 24, Jets 17. Oh, I knew it was coming. But the transitive property with some of your picks means that the Jets will win. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Here's my prediction here. The Jets have been through so much pain turmoil against the Patriots. Bill Belichick resigning as a Jets coach. He's always shoved it down our face from the butt fumble game to against Adam Gase where they were laughing back and forth, declining delay of game penalties on punts to the seeing ghost to the three interceptions three weeks ago. This time, the Jets are better. They have fresh on their minds that game from three weeks ago. When you look across the board, the stats all favor the Jets. I don't care what you want to say about the Patriots past beatdowns of the Jets. Those 13 matchups I'm wiping away from my memory. The Pats, they allow 6.3 yards per carry to quarterbacks. We're going to see runs from Zach Wilson. 
24 yards rushing two of his last three games. The Jets allowed just four yards per carry to running backs. You got Stevenson. You got a banged up hammy with Harris, the backup as well. The Pats, the one thing they're good against is the pass. I will give them that. Number one against pass completion percentage quarterbacks, 56.8%. Matt Judon's going to be tough. 11 and a half sacks lead the NFL. 32 sacks. They're second in the NFL. They bring the heat. But I think LaFleur is going to dial up a lot of quick throws. We're going to see both guys, Carter and Robinson, in the backfield run the ball. We're going to have Quinn and Williams going to have two sacks. And Zach Wilson is going to take care of business. The pain and misery is no more. Jets end the 13-game losing streak. And they take over first place in the AFC East. Jets 23, Patriots 20. Let's go! Be bold, Jake. No, 31 My bold is that they're going to beat them, and they haven't done it since 2015. And this drought, the drought is over. It's going to be some epic call from Bob Bushusen at the end of this game. Seven years I've been waiting to beat these stupid goddamn Patriots, and it's finally going to happen. And on Thanksgiving, we're going to be thankful this year that the New York Jets are in first place. On Thanksgiving, my parents are going to say, Jake, what are you? And they're going to be like, oh, I'm thankful. My brother's going to say, oh, I have a fiance now. Congrats to my brother. He got engaged. My other brother got married. They're going to say, oh, we're happy for our dog. Meanwhile, I can't get a text back. And they're going to look to Jake. Your parents are going to look at you with sheer disappointment that you're the only one not married or engaged. And then you're going to make them even more disappointed by bringing up the Jets. As you're thankful. Jake, Jake, what are you thankful for? Do you have any gills in your life? Yeah. I'm thankful <laughs> that the Jets are in first place. And they're going to be like, you're a third favorite child. <laughs> this is what she's going to say. This is why you can't get a girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. Well, listen, <laughs> it's been a long time waiting for this. And it's finally going to happen. And if it doesn't, it won't be a depressing Thanksgiving, but it's going to leave a sour. I still have a sour feeling in my mouth from three weeks ago when the Pats beat us. And I, I don't want it again. I want that streak to end. They could start their new streak next year. 23-20, Jets win. And we will have another episode previewing the Bears game next week as well. Well, the post game on Monday. But coming up next on Gangs All Here, we got a couple of voicemails from you, the fans, and we'll listen to them next. I got crazy looks when I uh, when I said at the beginning of the year that, you know, we uh, we play this game for the playoffs, period. And, you know, that, that sentiment hasn't changed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You've got mail. All right, Kaz, we opened up the voicemail box for the first time this season. In the past, we've had to do it just to hear people's thoughts on their lives and humanity and not the Jets. But now we want to hear about your thoughts on the Jets. How pumped are you? What are you concerned about? So the number is 646-974-4942. Let's hear the first voicemail this week. Cue it up, Hearts. Hey, guys, this is Jesse from Long Island. My concern for this week is... I think a pretty legit one, and I think other people probably think this, but is a loss in New England this weekend going to change 
the whole season for us. I feel like this is a really critical game. You know, I have full faith in Salah. I have full faith in the coaches. I have faith in our defense, our number one defense. I even have faith in Zach and our offense. And, you know, I fully believe in this team. Obviously, we, you know, took a tough loss at home against New England and then completely turned it around the following week and, and beat Buffalo. I just feel like we have some really tough games coming up and, you know, this is this is the game. I mean, we're we leave the division if we win this game and from there it's, you know, in our hands. So just curious to know what you guys think and if that's a legitimate concern. Thanks. Yeah, good question there from Jesse. I don't think it changes the season, but I agree that it is very important, especially even just for the psyche of the team. Like you lose to the Patriots twice. The last time, devastating fashion, especially if this is like a Nick Folk. I don't want to say his name, field goal to win this in like the final seconds. I think that is huge. And you could have the leg up on the tiebreaker, potentially on all three teams. I know they still play each other and that will all change. But going to Thanksgiving, going into a Bears game, you know, you're seven and three and then you beat the Bears, you're eight and three. You have a lot more flexibility in December to lose a few games if it happens where if you lose this one, you're in a tougher spot in December. So, Kaz, I think this is a monster game for the Jets. Yeah, I, I get where Jesse's coming from, but I think she said it in her answer. They The last time they lost to the Patriots, they came back and beat the Bills the next week, right? Like, I just – players don't think like fans. They, they are – I like, they get it so ingrained in their head of just go 1-0 this week. Like, they, they really do take it week to week. I do agree there's implications, Jake, to this loss, like, tiebreaker stuff and yeah the margin of error gets gets less in december but in terms of like this derailing their season if they lose this and then not being able to come back from this psychologically i don't think anything like that's gonna happen i think they could lose this game and then they could come back the next week and beat the bears you know then they got at minnesota at buffalo are gonna be tough games but right now the jets can win any games i don't think this will be devastating to them in terms of like momentum or, or their, their, their psyche if they lost this game. Yeah, I don't think devastating, but man, you make a real statement. If you go down and you beat the Bills and then you beat the Patriots in something they haven't done in a while, it's... I huge. agree with you. The win, like the... the, the uh, She was kind of asking if they lose. If they win, like, yeah, I think that gives them a lot more confidence going forward. I think they've they've established confidence with the wins in Green Bay and then the Buffalo win were kind of both statement wins to me that this team is better than anyone thought they were. Yeah, winning winning in New England would be another game like that. Even though the Patriots are not quite as good, it's still in Foxborough. Yeah, not that the Patriots will make it, but you're also have to think about these wild card tiebreakers and if they are in it, that that tiebreaker could play a part. And I would just love to win it because it sets you up where you don't have to beat Seattle and Miami to end the season. You win one of those, you're in good shape, and then beat the teams you should, Jaguars, Bears, and Lions. You're in a good position. So you lose this one, you kind of have to win one or two of those games that you're not going to be favored to win. So I think it's big. All right, let's see what we got next, Hearts. You've got mail. Hey, what's going on, Todd and Jake? This is Andrew from the BX, the Boogie Down Bronx. Just have a question about Zach Wilson. What does he have to do this Sunday to prove that he belongs in New York? Let me know. I think he just has to be turnover free against the Patriots. He continues to show that Bill Belichick has his number. He's got to avoid those folly floaters he tried to throw, just get rid of it, throw it out of bounds, and use his legs. Like I said, the Pats give up over six yards of carry to quarterbacks. If he could, you know, I'm not saying they do an option, but find a hole, go forward, 
if you take a sack, take a sack, just do not turn the ball over. And that's been the recipe for success for the Jets. So show that you can beat Bill Belichick without trying these stupid throws down the field. Yeah, I don't think he's going to prove anything long-term Sunday, right? I think it's there's going to be more than one game for him to prove like he's the long-term answer, but he just needs to play like he did against Buffalo and protect the ball. He had the one fumble, you know, when he got sacked, but he did not throw any interceptions, get the ball out of your hand quick. And then Jake, to me, the third downs where he ran for two third down conversions were huge. Just, you know, I know you want him to run, you know, the, the triple option here and, triple. and run all, all the time. <laughs> Just run, just run the ball when it presents itself and, and you can get out there, go. You know, he, he doesn't have to be Justin Fields or Lamar Jackson, but he did a really good job against Buffalo of converting with his legs. I think if he does that, that's another good sign for him. It's just kind of keep building on that Buffalo game and not try to do too much. It's week 11. Can we see an option? I don't think we've seen one all year. I'd love to just see, all right, fake to James Robinson. Boom, up to the left sideline, touchdown, Zach. I want to see one of those runs he had against, what was it, Jacksonville last year? Yeah, yeah I, this would be the week to do it in New England. All right, next voicemail. You've got mail. Hey, guys, love the pod. Uh, it's Drew from Jersey, and I just wanted to call and ask about what you guys think about the offensive line. Uh, it's been makeshift this year, but I feel like it's really settled down of late. And Max Mitchell, while he didn't look overexposed, he looked pretty solid. But I wonder how fast they think about putting him back in there. I feel like this was a kind of a project year for him. And then also, even going down, where is George Fan? Are we ever going to see him on the field again? You know, he's over the contract. What are your overall thoughts about the offensive line now and going forward into next year? Thanks. Good questions there from Drew. Drew actually used to co-host a radio show with me on ESPN Radio New Hampshire, where we would have to cover the Patriots. How about that? I had a year where I was interviewing Patriots Super Bowl champions after I graduated from Hofstra in 2013. Uh, the offensive line has not got a lot of credit and they deserve it. They've done. I mean, you you, you on the last uh, before the bye gave them a ton of credit. So you showed them some love. But, you know, a lot of people haven't talked about this makeshift line of the job they've done. George fan, I've worried about because like you say, you're not seeing him. He was supposed to come back, but he's nowhere to be found. I don't know when we're going to see him back. You could probably answer that better than I could. Um, and then I don't think they should be relying a lot on Max Mitchell. He's not supposed to be that guy. He's done a good job, but I don't think they should be putting stock into him, kind of saving them when he comes back. Got to give credit to Cedric for the job he's done, but address those questions, Cos. Yeah, I think the offensive line has played very well. You know, look, the Buffalo win was they it was all them in the fourth quarter right like they took that game over and they were blowing the bills off the line they did also did a good job of protecting zach in that game he got rid of the ball quicker so i thought it was they they played pretty well in terms of max mitchell versus cedric do you want to say his last name jake for me ogbuhi ogbuhi or ogbuhi big big cedric i call him but i thought he had a shaky game against the patriots i thought he played better against the bills he's there's guys jake that are on the team that are patchwork guys that come in for a couple of games. You don't want them to be there for eight, nine, 10 games. I feel like he's one of those guys. Max Mitchell's a draft pick. They have something invested in him. I think when Mitchell is ready to play, you put him back in because he played well enough in those first four games to me that he deserves it. He deserves to play again. Uh, George Fant is a mystery. He, I actually saw him in the locker room today. I have not seen him on the field yet. They opened the practice window. The practice window means you can actually practice with the team, but there's also side fields where guys work out and I haven't seen him there yet. So that's concerning. He had knee problems going into the off season. He had knee surgery. 
and then the knee problems crop up again, like that's not a good sign. I know we talked like there was a lot of talk about him getting a contract. I, I don't think he's going to be with the Jets next year. I think this is, they'll probably move on. I think Mitchell has done enough that he deserves a crack at right tackle next year. And then who knows, maybe they draft a left tackle, um, you know, something like that. Or, or And then Mekhi Becton is still out there too, Jake, right? He's going to come back. That I don't know. That's going to be a tough decision for the Jets is how much you rely on Mekhi Becton, you know, in this offseason when you're planning the 2023 season. But right now I think the line's playing, playing pretty well. And I, like I said, I would put Mitchell back in there when he's ready. Yeah, and you guys imagine Nate Harbick has done a had a done a really good job. Yes, he's yeah. played well. Yep. Do you think that plays a factor in terms of and you know Dwayne Brown on the left side? Do you think it plays a factor with Lafleur and play calling runs to the left versus runs to the right, screens to the left, screens to the right based on the guys he has out there? Like obviously the left side is better right now. Do you think they run more to the left and screens more to the left? I think you you balance you try to balance it out. You don't want tells, but I think when the money downs come, you're thinking about that, right? Like I always remember Rex Ryan telling me, remember the Chargers playoff game, and they needed that yard, right? They needed Thomas Jones to get a yard on fourth and one. I think it was fourth and one, fourth and two to ice the game, and they went right behind Brandon Moore on that right side, Damian Woody, and because you know they trusted Brandon Moore implicitly and mangled at center, obviously, and they went right behind him. And I think you think about that and those money downs, but you have to balance it out or be obviously a little too obvious. You've got mail. Hi, my name is Caitlin, and I have a question for the Gangs All Here podcast. Is Zach Wilson the answer at quarterback? Well, that's an easy one. Keeping it simple. (laughs) Cobbs would say no. (laughs) Uh, You know, obviously, you know, if, if you say right now, is he the answer? You probably say no, but I think we got to see what soon. he does. It's way the rest soon, of the season. Yeah. It's too soon. Yeah. But if you got to say yes or no, and you have no other answer, you're probably gonna say no, but it's way too soon. And if he just like, like the jets, that's their path to success. Mistake free, mistake free, mistake free. And they run the football. Yeah. That's for this year, Jake, right? That's for this year. They didn't draft him number two overall to play to mistake free. Right. Like that. You can sign a guy to do that for not that much money. It, it's the, if the number two overall pick at some point has to win you games, if he's going to be the guy, the franchise quarterback. So I think, I think they can go, you know, go through this year like that, but then next year, you know, can, do they, do they lean on him? Can they lean on him a little bit more is going to be the question, but you know, there's eight games left this season. So there's, there's still a lot of to be decided before next year comes. Basically you're saying we haven't seen the signs, but there's still time. And because they've found scratched out wins, he, he has bought himself time. And he's his second year. He's going to have time no matter what. And he dealt with injuries early in the year. So well, I'd say this Jake, right? Geno Smith. Jets fans know Gino well. After that first game, when he when he said the they wrote me off, what was the line? They wrote me off, but I didn't write them back. Yep. Right? Was that the line? Somebody texted me. He's talking about you. <laughs> I, I work for the Jets, and it, like it's true. It's like I, you know, I, but with Gino, like it was hard. Like there was remember the Atlanta game his rookie year. Uh, there were games where you're like, whoa, like this kid has something. But then there were other games where you're like, oh, whoa, the, the, this kid's terrible. It would have been so interesting to see Gino play that 2015 season with Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker. That was a good team, you know, if he hadn't been been punched in the mouth by IK. So 
But now, you know, you see what Gino's doing in Seattle. He looks like a franchise quarterback, but it's what we were nine years removed from when he was drafted by the Jets. So you're hoping it doesn't take that long to, to figure out Zach Wilson. He'll, he'll be somewhere else. But, they, you know, there are guys who it takes a little while. For me, Jake, you'd like to see Zach have one game at least in the next eight games where it's like he puts this team on his back and he throws for four touchdowns and he drives them down the field. Like he does everything you're looking for in a franchise quarterback. All right. Well, thanks everybody for calling in jets, Pats. Enjoy the game. We'll talk to you Monday and we'll close out gangs all here next. We're kind of holding him hostage to four or five plays that he had against new England, at least externally, uh, internally. I think everybody's got a lot of faith in Zach. All right, all right, all right. That says adios to episode 122 of Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz and the intern Josh Crawford for helping me in producing the show. Catch up on all old episodes of Gangs All Here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. And also subscribe to New York Post Sports on YouTube as well to catch full episodes. You can watch them there. We also post some clips, some video shorts, so check those out. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio. Follow Kaz at Brian Kaz. It's Patriots Week. Man, I would love to get revenge. We'll enjoy the game. For Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back following the Jets-Patriots game with a brand new episode. It'll drop first thing Monday morning, 5 a.m. It'll be right in your feed. So when you wake up Monday morning, boom, your commute, you can listen to a hopefully a happy Victory Monday edition of Gangs All Here. It's time for revenge, baby. Go get the W, Gang Green. Thanks, everybody for listening to gangs all here and we'll talk to you all Monday. Peace.